Welcome to the Compassion Parenting Podcast, helping moms to love wisely and well. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Wild, integrative pediatrician and mom of eight sons who continually challenge and teach me. Over the years, I've learned that rather than outward technique, it's the internal landscape of the heart that affects parenting more than anything else. Mothering is about being, not just doing. You have everything you need within you to become the parent you want to be. So let's bring it out. Hello and welcome to the Compassion Parenting Podcast. Today we have a wonderful guest, Katie Kimball. She is a blogger, a TEDx speaker. She's the former teacher, a mom of four, and the creator of an e-course called Kids Cook Real Food. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much, Mary. It's fun to be here. Yes. Well, so in my Compassion Parenting membership, we talk a lot about really inviting kids to participate with us. It's an idea I call daily apprenticeship because there's so many lessons that we feel like we need to transmit to our kids through their childhood. And one really easy way is to just let them in to our daily processes. So Katie, can you tell us about some benefits right off the bat that you see and have identified with letting kids enter into the space of the kitchen? I love that phrase, daily apprenticeship. And I feel like I feel like as a very young mom of one child, I embodied that really well mm-hmm. and it really came naturally to me. But then the more children I got, the harder that became because yes. you're just, you know, you're trying to let one into the realm of the kitchen and the other is like throwing all of the books off the shelf or all of the Tupperware <laughs> out of the cabinet. And you're like, wait, I can't, I can't do it all right. Um, so that's, I mean, that's definitely a piece of my story where, you know, I start out with really good intentions and that kind of Montessori feel of, I want my kids to have practical life skills and, um, and then sort of fell off the wagon. So yeah, when my fourth was born, so then my kids were about like 10, seven and four and one, um, that was sort of my revelation. Like, oh my goodness, I haven't really done anything for the last four years. Like since baby three was born, I need to I, I need to get back on the horse and like get them in the kitchen. Um, and I did it from a place initially of desperation. I just mm-hmm. needed some help. I, I needed to share the responsibilities in the family. Mm-hmm. And, and as I watched my kids though, as I watched them, you know, learn cooking skills and, and that gain the ability to nourish other people and to serve the family. And, and then as I sort of extrapolated that, I thought, okay, other parents need this too. And we started kids cook real food. I really saw that there's so much deeper. There's so many more powerful, um, habits and benefits from teaching your kids to cook. Um, and you mentioned I'm a TEDx speaker. I just did a TEDx on building critical thinking in kids. And I really do pull that back into the kitchen. I I believe the lab is, or the kitchen is the lab of critical thinking in the home. I love that. There's, there's just so many, so many things you have to do. You have to be, you know, executive functioning and goals and planning ahead. You know, you, you have to be able to adapt and be flexible because things never go as they're planned. And so it's so good for kids to see us 
doing that, even if we fail, even if we get frustrated, you know, something's burnt and we yell or something, <laughs> you know, at least they can sort of see how we, how we clean up that mess physically and metaphorically, with mm-hmm. the, you know, apologizing to the children for blowing up. Um, maybe, maybe others don't do that, Mary. Maybe that's just <laughs> me getting frustrated in the kitchen, but just in case, just in case there's another mom or dad out there who's ever gotten frustrated in front of their kids. Um, and I just think, you know, again, part of critical thinking to me, like if we're going to raise kids who are critical thinkers, mm-hmm. they are probably going to be making decisions that are a little bit countercultural mm-hmm. or a lot countercultural, right? Mm-hmm. Because the culture tends to just ride with the easy flow, easy, right. quick, convenient, right? And so, so I really see part of raising kids who critically think is building their resilience, Mm-hmm. and strengthening their resolve to be able to say, these are my values. I'm always willing to be flexible, except when I've re- already thought it through, right? And mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to firmly plant my feet mm-hmm. in my values and my family's values and allow that current of culture to rush around me mm-hmm. in the opposite direction. And there's no better way, I think, to learn resilience than to make mistakes in the kitchen you know, to learn from failure. And even just a kid who can cook already is countercultural. Right. That's so true. And I love, I love what you said just about the idea of, um, number one, accepting the help. And, um, I know that for me, there came a day when I was, and we were coming up to Thanksgiving, just like we are now as we're recording this episode. And I was slaving away in the kitchen. My kids were like running circles around me playing. And and I was like, wait a minute here, (laughs) there's something wrong. And Uh I decided after that point, I'm gonna start a new tradition. And so after that point, and I think my oldest was probably like eight or 10 years old, we decided for the next year, we were gonna assign every single person a job for Thanksgiving dinner. And not, not many years later, I suddenly came to the realization that my kids could cook a Thanksgiving dinner without me. And it was so beautiful to watch. Even, you know, my four-year-old chose the turkey. And so he was spicing it. You know, we put all the spices around. We said, you know, these are some spices you might choose. And he just had this wonderful experience, you know, even pulling out the innards, you know, that are packed in those turkeys. Um, you know, because it was a very sensory experience. And then he got to just like, you know, tap the spices and, and make decisions and really feel ownership as we celebrated in gratitude that day. And it was such a joining activity also. It was it was so wonderful. Um, and I really like too how you emphasize that the kitchen is the perfect place to practice all these things. I, I feel like almost every part of our life, it's like, a microcosm for the bigger picture and you know the kitchen is such a natural space because we have to eat food every day so why not that let that be the microcosm that teaches us about the bigger universe for sure i mean um at kids cook real food we say the three c's of the kitchen the connection the confidence and the creativity and, yes. and that's more than anything what i saw in my family and my members you know, these really powerful benefits. I was, as you were talking, I realized, oh, I kind of talked about all the failures and the (laughs) the problems first, (laughs) probably shouldn't always lead with that, but you know, reality. 
Right. Really and it's, it's good to get that dose of reality. Yeah. So, but then tell us the rest of the story. <laughs> yes. Yes. It may not always go perfectly, but there are, there are such amazing moments. I mean, when we think about connection, it's not only connection with the food and with the process, like, mm-hmm. you know, you were talking with the turkey, we find that parents and kids really connect. Um, we know that when we work with our hands, that sort of opens up the storytelling part of our brain. Mm-hmm. physically. And that's, and that's why sometimes we hear the best stories when we're not like looking our kids in the eye and saying, tell me about your day, you know, right? <laughs> that's just, that's sending them into fight or flight. But when you're, you know, working, make, doing a craft or doing something more practical, like seizing a turkey or cutting some carrots, right. you know, they really, they tell those stories. I know, um, my oldest two right now, Paul and Leah, they're 16 and 13. Mm-hmm. And for the last three years, they've been making dinner once a week. That's wonderful. And uh, yeah, so they started out just making homemade pizza every mm-hmm. Sunday for a year. Mm-hmm. As I And I, we did it because I wanted to volunteer at high school youth group. And so that was the way to keep mm-hmm. the family sane. Yeah. But um, <laughs> they got so good at that recipe. They had their roles. And if you if you did happen to walk into the kitchen, which I didn't need to at all, um, if I walked into the kitchen, I would just see like amazing efficiency, like, you know, like a restaurant kitchen, they would have time. They knew they had like seven minutes, you know, while it baked the first half and they would play cards they, oh, wow. they would laugh and like they had their playlist. And um, just as a mom who wants her kids to be really good friends when they grow up, like that is so special to me, Yes, you know, that they have that relationship and, and have, have been able to navigate, you know, teamwork, which is not, not always easy among siblings or among human beings. <laughs> yes, that's definitely true. And I'm so excited about your TEDx talk. I'm going to definitely put a link to that in the show notes. So there'll be lots of nice links in the show notes about Katie Kimball. <laughs> so make Aww. sure you check those out. So, um, I remember in our last year's retreat for my compassion parenting group, we were talking about the idea of daily apprenticeship. And one of the moms was like, but kitchen, you know, cooking dinner is my time. In fact, I have a playlist called making dinner. And so that's like when I kick everyone out. So how can I, how can I invite my kids in? So do you have any tips for parents that are feeling stressed out about the idea of bringing kids into the space of the kitchen? Well, first, your story made me think, don't do it at Thanksgiving for the very first time. <laughs> right. That, that, Not it, yeah, notice I waited till the next year. To... Yes. So there was some unspoken training that happened yes. in between. Um, and actually, no, that is like my first ninja tip for parents is don't let your kids in the kitchen right before dinner. Right. Okay. Like, again, back when I had one child and we had no after dinner events. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was getting started at dinner at 3 p.m. As a <laughs> like, whatever, that was fine. But in, in reality, like we live a pretty fast paced life. Sometimes you have 27 minutes to get that meal on the table or someone will miss something. Right. And that, that stressful space is not the right space to be teaching and training. Mm-hmm. So the trick is keep your dinner playlist, tell your kid and your kids will ask at dinner. Right. And yeah. so I, this feels a little bit less daily apprenticeship, but it gets there. Right. Yes. It gets there. <laughs> so it's a yes. And can, yeah. can mom, can I help? Yes. And we're going to do it tomorrow after snack. Yes. <laughs> Cause kids are well-fed. They're happy, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can like specifically train a skill or a recipe, you know, how to do something in the kitchen. Yes. And yes. then once they know what they're doing, they can come help you in, 
you know, da truly daily apprenticeship and have that right. time when they're actually helpful. But I really recommend training to be out of the, the before dinner crazy mm -hmm. hour. Mm -hmm. um, and if you've got younger kids too, I would even get them out of the kitchen because the table's a better, a better height. You know, it's the counter should hit right about the belly button. Mm -hmm. And so a child, you know, middle elementary child standing at a kitchen table is much more appropriate mm -hmm. than at the counter or a young child up on their knees on a chair. So away from dinner, out of the kitchen, it's a little counterintuitive, but it works better. Yes. Um, tip number two is think of things as skills, not recipes. Yes. So that's like a big idea. Like teach your kids to cook. Okay. Well, what in the world? Like, how do you take the first bite out of the elephant? Right. Right. And it's just, it's just thinking like, if I, if I make dinner, like imagine how many skills mm -hmm. it takes, right. I need to know how to measure, stir, safely use the stove, um, you know, find a uniform mixture, chop vegetables, peel things. Like there's probably 12 skills Yes. every time I walk into the kitchen. And so your kids mm -hmm. just need to learn one mm -hmm. at a time. So I always tell parents, like, just teach your kid to measure a teaspoon of salt. Yes. I like it, that. It doesn't, it doesn't, you don't have to think of it as like the huge task, like mm -hmm. break that down because here's what happens, Mary, especially with the little ones, you got a three or four-year-old, you teach them to measure a teaspoon of salt. They measure that salt and maybe your oregano and your basil or whatever's in your mm -hmm. recipe and you serve soup that night and you get to say, Oh, this soup tastes so good. You know what makes soup taste so good? It's the salt who measured the salt around here. Right. And your three-year-old, yeah. your four-year-old is like blooming with confidence. They're so yeah. excited and they want to come back to help more. Right. Cause that's your goal is it's a positive experience. It's unstressful. It's giving them confidence, which mm -hmm. means they need small doses in a positive environment. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, again, don't, don't do it before dinner. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not, it rarely will remain a positive environment. Um, and then tip number three for me would be to level up your expectations with grace. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, we tend to let our kids help us like bake cookies, right? That whole house moment and we measure <laughs> something and they dump it in and then they stir, but they don't do a real good job. So we take over, yeah. you know, and they, they make a mess and we go, <laughs> but we tend to continue that process when they're seven and eight yeah. and nine and they're so, so much more capable. So, so I'm speaking to the parents of like basically kids who can read and beyond Mm -hmm. is just imagine that they can probably make a full dinner yes. in a year or two. And how are they going to get to that if we're just doing the dump and stir philosophy? Yes. You know, um, I love one of my members stories, Lori Rose. She had two girls. They were, I think, seven and nine at the time. And um, she had realized she'd had sort of a come to Jesus moment and was like, oh, my goodness, we're eating out way too much. Like, uh -huh. I think healthy food is really important and I've slid into a really bad habit. So she announced to her family, we are doing a 30 day, no eating out challenge. <laughs> and these girls had gotten pretty used to eating out. They completely melted down. Yeah. They were not on board with mom's challenge at all. Mm -hmm. But the first day she involved them in the process, mm -hmm. right? She got them involved. And by the end of, I believe they made sushi the first day. Like they, they wow. were very like wide palated girls. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it wasn't like they wanted their chicken nuggets and fries. They just liked the habit that they had. And so because she got them involved, they had such a great experience, like connecting as a family, right? Building the girl's confidence, infusing creativity into the process. They were like 100% on board 
after that, they completed the 30 days. Um, and her, her girl, she just shares the most fun stories of her girls, like picking dandelion greens and adding them to their soup and, you know, out of the backyard, (laughs) they're just like amazingly creative and the kitchen gives them a real arena to practice those skills. Mm -hmm. And it's so empowering too, to hear you talk about just the idea of coming home one day and just making an announcement saying things are going to be different. Because I think as parents, sometimes we feel like we're just like being pulled by the tide and we're like, oh, what has happened? We've drifted in this way that I don't feel comfortable with, but we really have the power to, I mean, there are certain instances where we can involve the whole family in the decision of like, how do you guys feel about how things are going? You know, but there are other times when as parents, we can come and make the announcement, like from today on, this is going to be how it is. And, and I think parent, we as parents forget that we are the leaders and we get to do things like that. So I appreciate that. Right. It's, it's not always a democracy. I, I have been known to say to my kids, like, I know you don't like this decision, but I am the adult. And I have a lot more experience than you. And I promise you I'm making this decision because I love you, even though it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> right. So this being the Compassion Parenting podcast, how do you connect teaching kids to cook with self-compassion and compassion? It's, uh, it's hard for moms and dads these days to give ourselves a break. Mm -hmm. We take a lot of pressure on our shoulders and we tend to feel guilt Mm -hmm. whenever we feel like we're not living up right to the standards Mm -hmm. that we have set or that we feel society is setting for us. So I, I do think the beautiful art of delegation is part of self-compassion, right? Like acknowledging to ourselves that we cannot do it all well, and we probably shouldn't do it all right. That Mm -hmm. being a better parent is sharing that responsibility. So it, it definitely shows self-compassion to -hmm. train our kids, not only to, to share responsibilities in the now, right. But we want them to grow, to be healthy, independent adults. And this is how we do it, even though it's hard. Um, it's, it's a lovely thing that I get a night off a week. That is absolutely self-care. And, um, and there's another, there's another layer too, that when kids don't know what it's like to do hard work, mm-hmm. when they don't know what it feels like to do the work of cooking, they have no idea how to be grateful. Yes. You know, they can say, like a lot of families will say, well, thank mom for making dinner. Thanks mom. Right. right? That is lip service and it's a great habit. But when, when the kids realize yeah. through experience how difficult it is to make dinner, there is true gratitude there yes. for one another. I mean, the siblings thank each other when they make a meal or just when they make the dip for the raw veggies, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's definitely part of our family tradition is like, Oh, everybody thank Leah for making the guacamole or, you know, <laughs> thank John for making the homemade ranch, whatever it is yes. that builds true gratitude. And so that is, I, I think, right. Feeling with compassion with, for, yes. for others and, and, and how hard it is to, to get everything done. Yeah, I love that. And it reminds me too that when we teach our kids the skill of cooking, we're giving them one more tool to use in service of others. So um, I remember when I was having, I think it was my fifth baby, my four-year-old said, Mom, I want to make you soup. And so he went outside and 
he gathered vegetables from our garden and washed them and he you know um i i again kind of got a collection of spices and said these are some things you might want to put in and i let him use a butter knife so bless his heart he was cutting carrots with a butter knife oh, that's hard. <laughs> it is hard <laughs> um and he made me this beautiful soup and it was the most delicious soup just because of that love that was infused in it and um so i think that's also another aspect that comes to mind of a benefit of giving our kids that really special skill of cooking mm -hmm. so yeah it's definitely a way to serve and you know a lot of kids don't like certain vegetables mm -hmm. and we, we kind of talk about that in our courses too like we're we're going to be cutting some mushrooms today mm -hmm. there are a lot of kids including mine who don't like mushrooms so why would you cut them well because maybe your moms or dads like mushrooms right, right? that we can do something that we don't like mm -hmm. to serve someone else and i i do think that builds that mm -hmm. servant heart um mm -hmm. and in fact my son paul who's 16 mm -hmm. asked last week if he could have some friends over to play games uh, tomorrow evening. And he said, mm -hmm. and I want to make dinner for them too, mom. Oh, wow. I almost fell over. I was like, you do. <laughs> it was all I could do not to say that's so cute. <laughs> right. I, I zipped it. I was very, I was like, Oh, that's great. What do you want to make? Cool. You know, <laughs> I mean, my 16 year old son is like making homemade cheeseburger soup and rolls tomorrow. Oh, I feel wow. so proud. <laughs> that is so wonderful. <laughs> that is so wonderful. And, and that is the product of um, a lot of moments accumulating of when you have allowed him into the kitchen. And so yes. that's just a wonderful gift that you have shared with him. So I think that that is, that's a wonderful, a wonderful um, kind of a, a vision of the future of what can be. Mm -hmm. So now when I'm thinking about my son, chopping carrots with a butter knife. <laughs> I know that you had mentioned that you have a gift for our audience that you have a knife skills course for kids <laughs> that so so you as a parent can feel a little more comfortable that your kids are ready, you know, maybe not at 4, <laughs> but but at a later age. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, and actually maybe at for. Okay. Um, yeah. One mom in our classes named Amy talked about how she was, you know, just like your, your mom at your retreat was like, this is my space. Mm -hmm. The thought of having kids in my space stresses me out. And so she shared that like, without the help from our video lesson, she probably would have been kicking her kids out till they were 15. And <laughs> as it turned out, she has a daughter who loves baking now and keeps the family in, in baked goods for better or for worse. And her, her four-year-old, that's why I thought of this because yeah. her four-year-old turned out to be her best sous chef. And he mm -hmm. just loves that daily apprenticeship. He loves coming alongside mom. Mm -hmm. And she shared a picture with me of her four-year-old using a paring knife. <laughs> Nice. And cutting and cutting carrots. So here's, here's why parents can be some parents, not all right. And some kids, not all right. are ready at four and, it, and mm -hmm. parents can be confident in handing their child an actual sharp paring knife mm -hmm. at four. And it's because they've taught their kids for, for more than a day for right. more than a week, you know, like you said, it's many moments, it's many experiences. So at kids cook real food, our knife philosophy is you use the same techniques, the same three ways to hold the knife and four ways to hold the food with the butter knife as the chef's knife. Mm 
So that's me. Like I see it as we want an unbroken line of skill and technique so that you're not teaching kids like how to do it the little kid way with the plastic safety knives where you have to change your motion from like a saw blade. You know, you don't have to saw everything with a chef's knife. (laughs) You have to saw everything with those plastic serrated safety knives. And so Mm -hmm. my, my question about those is, well, you know, they're great because they can motivate kids to get in the kitchen, but when do you shift? Mm -hmm. When do you shift the, the, you know, you're, you're actually, you're learning, you know, motor memory every time you pick up a tool. And so I I want the motor memory to be set. So we teach our little ones to respect that butter knife as if it's sharp Mm -hmm. and get practice, keeping their fingers, Hey, Hey, out of the way. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like a carrot needs something sharper, (laughs) but I love that you just kind of let your son dive in because he had that motivation. So yes, our members favorite class is our 10 minute knife skills and safety class. And, and it teaches those three ways to hold the food, four ways to hold the knife from butter knives to chef's knives. So whether your child is two or 12, or, or you've never learned to use a knife correctly, you know, <laughs> parents, parents learn kind of right along with their kids. It's, um, it's a really fun class. And just that 10 minute session can mm-hmm. absolutely vault your kids into, you know, the ability to be sous chefs. So I know another story from another mom said, gosh, we just did that one lesson. And then my five-year-old cut up lettuce for a salad you know, cut an avocado and I, something else for like taco night. I think he made a fruit salad, wow, like all on his wonderful. own that's because so he had great. that little skill. Yeah. It was super cool. Well, um, that link will be in the show notes as well. And where else, where would be the best place in general to send people to find you? Sure. I mean, it sounds like you're going to link to the critical thinking TEDx, which yes. is awesome. Um, and when they, when they go to kidscookrealfood.com slash imagine pediatrics, we'll, we'll get them hooked up with that 10 minute class. And then I'll send some, some little tips too, to just like keep things doable in the kitchen and, and fit all the personalities. So they'll, they'll be connected there. Um, oh, real life great. happens most on Instagram at Kids Cook Real Food. Okay. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you, Katie. And, thank you, and thank you. for all the listeners out there, see if there's one way that you can involve your kids this year in holiday food prep. So thank you so much for joining us. Have a great holiday. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Compassion Parenting Podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts. What resonated with you? What questions came up? Let's continue the conversation on Instagram at Compassion Parenting or within my free Facebook group, Parenting Well, Raising Compassionate and Productive Humans. Links are in the show notes. If you've gained insight from the time we've shared today, leave a review and subscribe. There's a quick how-to in the show notes. Have a blessed week. May you love yourself, your family, and the world wisely and well.